Hi, and welcome to the Well-Read Podcast, a bi-weekly discussion on books and reading. I'm Hallie. And I'm Anne. And we are librarians who love to read and talk about books. And today, we're, we're a little behind <laughs> for, re- for New Year's resolutions, but we, uh, we apologize. We had to skip our last recording. So today's topic is about sort of looking back on 2020 and the resolutions we made for 2020 and then looking forward to 2021, what we're hoping is going to happen in our reading lives. Uh, so Anne, do you want to start? Sure. Um, I always really enjoy this, this episode. We've been doing it for a long time, mm-hmm. and it's... It's just fun. Uh-huh, it is it's fun. really fun. I liked. I, well, I'm a big fan of New Year's resolutions, goals, like reflecting on previous goals. Like I really like that. So yeah, plus a right. year in review. Everyone loves a year in review. Of course, obviously. <laughs> um, so, what are some of the trends that you found in your reading this past year? I, saying that, knowing that you are on a committee <laughs> that dictates all of your reading. Yes, right. Uh, so, I mean, I've explained before. I think the the parameters of the committee that I'm on in that we we basically select books in eight different genres we select a winner and a short list and actually it will be announced next week what this uh, past year's selections were so maybe we could put that in the show notes once it's announced we we just finished meeting to discuss this past Monday um, and so that will be announced announced at a virtual award ceremony next week so if anyone's interested in seeing we could put that in our show notes but uh, so my reading is in support of that so about a hundred books a year um, slightly more than that maybe about 115 125 somewhere in that range are books that I have to read like specific titles other committee members have nominated basically that I have to read but then I also have to find nominations for myself there is a requirement or commitment that you make as part of this uh, committee that you will nominate at least one title in every category and up to two I've said before I was very much drawn to romantic comedies and thrillers throughout much of the year because Mm -hmm. of COVID that was that felt very comforting to me to read those, but I was thinking about it, and I do think we're seeing kind of a romantic comedy boom right now. Oh, yeah. And so when I was thinking back, I was like, I don't think that was just because that's what I was in the mood for, although that had played a large role in it. I think that there's just, a, there are so many good ones coming out. There's so many by BIPOC authors coming out and representing different types of people with uh, there's one book that I loved called Get a Life Chloe Brown it has a woman who has chronic illness as a main character and that's uh, approached in a way that feels very authentic so uh, romantic comedies that aren't just fluff I would say but still have all the elements that make you feel good and laugh and and the reason you would want to read a romantic comedy so I was thinking about that I was like that's definitely a trend I feel like is happening in publishing. Uh, one other thing, which I don't know if it was really a trend, but we did tend to read a lot of books about pandemics this year. <laughs> uh, there were uh, several sci-fi titles, which I do have to, okay, so I have to go back and say, because an episode or two ago, I did say, I never am gonna like a sci-fi book, remember? I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> I do remember. So right after I said the, that. It's not the only time you've uh, brought that up too. <laughs> I know, right? But right after I said that, I ended up reading two or three science fiction novels that I really genuinely loved. Like, Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, one specifically, but several that I really enjoyed. So I, I had to feel, you know, I had to come back and report back on that. 
Anyway, uh, the other thing I think is we're seeing just generally more diversity in books that are being published for a long time. That was something severely lacking. There's still a lot of room to get better, I would say. Mm -hmm. But I do think that uh, we're seeing more more books from different voices being being published. So that's kind of a general statement about trends. But mm-hmm. I was happy to see that there were um, a lot of a lot of choices of non-white authors or non uh, heterosexual authors. You know, we, there were just a lot of choice there mm-hmm. um, that I saw. Uh, and so those are sort of like I mean. Thrillers are still a big thing with unreliable narrators. I don't think that's yeah. going away anytime soon. Although I do think that th- those are changing a little bit or, I don't know. I feel like people have come to kind of guess at a lot of the the predictable twists. So I right. think that, you know, I think we may see some changes in in what is in a thriller. So okay. what about you, Anne? What did you, how, what about your reading year? Um, I... I thought I had reread quite a bit more than I did when mm-hmm. I when I actually looked at my stats. I hadn't read I hadn't reread all that much, but it felt like I did. So, and another thing that was really strange was that it, for a good part of the year, I had higher stats on reading romance than I did. Yes, on, you said that. That's awesome. Yeah, on I just couldn't believe it. Mystery won in the end, as okay. it should. As it so. The world is okay, but I think that I think you're totally right that because there are so many of these um, very brightly colored covers on romantic comedies mm-hmm. that it just draws your eye yeah. you just you want to read it it looks so much fun and so I listened to quite a few of those um I wanted to listen to or read some Julia Quinn to get ready for Bridgerton mm-hmm. and so I I did that and um and it really it was it was just kind of unusual for me but but not an unwelcome change to my reading life but but definitely a trend for right me. So what was your total for books? Number of books I read? Yeah. Uh, 209. Dang. (laughs) Which is actually lower than it's been for the last few years. I don't think I've ever broken 250, but I did have like in the 240s for a couple of years or high 230s. So this is actually a little bit lower. I mean, you and I were talking about this offline the other day. I mean, it's still online, but it wasn't being recorded. I think conservatively to be involved in this committee that I'm on, you have to read at least 150 books a year. Like, I just think I I would find it hard to imagine how you could read less than that. Yeah. I guess if you read, if you easily discarded books that you weren't. So uh, basically, if you only actually finished books that you were going to nominate, maybe it could be less than that. Like if you started a book and thought, nope, that's not a contender, I'm not going to finish that. But I don't tend to do that. I'll read, I do set books aside, as we just recently talked about, but I tend to, I'll read the whole book if I'm enjoying it, even if I know I'm not going to nominate it. So in that way, you know, being on the reading list doesn't totally dictate my my reading. I mean, I just finished a book last night that I'm going to talk about at the end of this episode that I knew it wasn't going to be something for for next year's uh, list that I would nominate, but I just thought it was fun. It was kind of brain candy, so I went yeah. ahead and read it. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, what about you? What did you did you make a Goodreads goal? Yes, and I always you, do. Okay. It's always the same. Okay. It's always 104, and I usually go quite over it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And this year I did not even break that. I read 88. Okay. Because I doom scrolled the entire Yeah. It was a rough year. year. So, yeah. And was, 88 is nothing pretty... to sneeze at. Right. That's the thing is I feel ashamed about that. And compare, like, does the average reader or the average person reads like six books a year? And that's a good thing. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not at all a bad thing, but it's it's bad for me so i'm i'm not very happy about it and I, we've talked before we mm. talked in our our uh, uh other episodes in december about how i didn't feel like it was a particularly good reading year for me yeah. so um so it's kind of kind of a, a bummer to have mm. a low number and also not not have read very much that i really truly loved mm-hmm. so so oh well but i have um some plans for the coming year of okay. ways to get me off of news sites okay do you want <laughs> um, to, do you want to share those now or do you want to reflect more I, on last year i mean i don't know that i have anything that hasn't already been said of of things like like um you know setting timers on mm-hmm. your phone or setting setting uh, apps that shut your phone off mm-hmm. or or shut those sites down if you uh, go over those things um i also one, my, my word for the year is habit, mm-hmm. I decided, because mm-hmm. I feel like in the past year I've really let go of a bunch of good habits mm-hmm. because who cares? <laughs> <laughs> and so um, that's something that I think will uh, need to come back into my life to, to be successful in any way in the coming year. And so um, and so I'm uh, so that's one of my goals is to, to be, you know, actually keeping track of time spent on different tasks Mm -hmm. at at least at the beginning to be able to sort of say this is too much or this is not enough or if you're trying to avoid washing your dishes at least do something you enjoy instead of reading about bachelor people you don't know anything about (laughs) anyway because you don't watch the show like that's just dumb stuff that I've I've done this year so um so that that's my goal so so I think that that kind of tracking that information along with setting timers on my phone and um possibly setting some some goals that will um sort of force the issue of of me having to read I think will 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 be better for me so fingers crossed (laughs) Yeah, I wonder what, uh, so I'm curious if specific to reading, because I think you're talking about more than just habits of reading. I think you're maybe referring to other like life habits, but uh, specific to reading, do you have an idea in mind of maybe how much time a day or a week you want to spend reading? Or is it like a certain time of day that you're thinking every day, I, I you know, after work or something like would you have do you have an idea in mind I don't have anything that concrete mm-hmm. yet as far as like like I definitely want to um not ever pick up my phone when I'm in bed instead of and and really dedicate that hour before bed to reading mm-hmm. um so things like that I I do find that you know when I'm when I'm saying I've I've picked up these kind of bad habits of my regular life they impact my reading life because it's specifically me like one of the things I really struggle with is is sleep and going to bed at reasonable times and not like doom scrolling at night which Mm -hmm. doesn't help anything and that's that's really frustrating to me because the thing that would help me is reading but because I have all these other sort of things in in on my brain I avoid the thing that will make me feel better because it also reminds me of 
it's it's kind of a habit pe- picked up from a, a long time ago but but there was a job I had that I really really hated mm-hmm. and that to me going to bed meant you have to go to your job tomorrow and right. so that that became just this habitual well just don't go to bed then right so um so sort of taking care of that emotion and mm-hmm. taking care of those those issues that then I can fit in the thing I actually like doing that will support me in the rest of my life mm-hmm. which is reading um I think I think is is like my intention for for that mm-hmm. that makes sense so um but yeah definitely the the before bed thing and and also just kind of prioritizing reading like like this past year I haven't prioritized it nearly as much as I have other years and and sort of getting back to that of it being my my go-to activity versus one of my activities right 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 right. yeah can I just comment that it I cannot imagine being awake for an entire hour before falling asleep (laughs) as I get older I can't either (laughs) I at this point but it used to be (laughs) I know me too I mean there were times where I used to a book would keep me awake if I was into right. it. And that just so rarely happens anymore. Right. Uh, I just get in bed and I start reading and I struggle to keep my eyes open just even till the end of a chapter when I feel like it's a good stopping point. Sometimes yeah. I'm just setting it aside whenever I'm tired enough to just have to go to sleep. So that's that's why you have to take naps during the day so you can support your nighttime uh, reading habit. But I work. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. I I'm thinking of, of like Sunday afternoons oh, when I yes. have taken when I'm reading, fall asleep, taken and take a nap, and then it later that night can't get to sleep because mm-hmm. I took a nap earlier. Yeah. So great habits. Yeah, I have been known to nap on a weekend, and I have a very like after lunch, I, it's like clockwork. Like if I'm on when I used to, it's well still if I go visit my parents in Hilton Head, but when I used to live in Hilton Head and go uh, sit by their swimming pool. It, yeah. it was it was literally like clockwork. I would finish lunch and sleep from like one to two. It was like one hour nap, and then I would yeah. wake up, and it was always the best sleep because it's like the there's a nice breeze and it's warm yeah. outside. Oh, it's the best. But anyway, yeah. Uh, so yes, I I am a fan of the nap. I would I would take a nap more often if I could, but work work that darn work just gets it's in the, the way. worst. How dare it sustain our habits? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So should I go into what? sort of I'm hoping for this year? Yes, want, please. Okay. Uh, so I don't, I don't really have any, I mean, I guess I have kind of some goals. One thing is to take better notes on what I read because I am not somebody who has ever really annotated their books or kept a, a kept a written reaction to the books that I've read. That's just never really been an aspect of reading that uh, has drawn me in. Uh, but because I do end up discussing some of the books that I read months after reading them, I uh, should take better notes about it or, you know, keep track a little bit better because what happens is I will remember whether I liked something or didn't like something or, or maybe a little bit more about it, but I, I struggle to come up with specifics to support whether I really liked something or not. So, um, so one of my goals is I usually start off the year pretty well with at this, you know, at this time we're just starting, we just, we just had our discussions. We, we 
selected our award winners and then now we're moving into a new year and I usually start out right now really well and then it it peters off towards the spring probably when I start mm-hmm. having to read a little bit more quickly and read more books and so that is one of my goals is to be even if it's just like a few a few words or something I don't know I'm I'm, I'm trying to figure out a way that will work for me acknowledging that I am not one to write endless paragraphs about my reactions right. to books so and, and specific tidbits that I want to remember. So trying to figure out a way um, to do that. And then the other thing is, I would like to be a little bit more strategic in how I approach the reading for a couple of reasons. First, every, so this is my fourth year that I've been on this committee. And every year I get to the end of the year and I look at the stats. So publishers send us copies of the books, either digitally or in print. And so I have stacks of books at my house uh, that I look at at the end of the year and think, oh, I can't believe I didn't ever got around to reading that one. Like it was, <laughs> it was one I really wanted to read. So sometimes somebody else fills that hole by nominating that book, but sometimes it just, it's a book I wanted to read and it just didn't happen. And so yeah. I was actually thinking through it today because I was thinking I need to, I would like to get it in place at least in my head now before we've even started basically so I have a good sense of if there are certain titles that I absolutely positively want to prioritize I have a way that um, I do that so I that might sound silly to people um, or like how hard would that be but you'd be surprised when you receive oh, hundreds of books um, I I, co- I so understand I mean not in that right not for that same scenario but I understand that where you you have priorities that get Mm-hmm. shoved aside so easily yeah so and it's specifically books on my kindle that i have downloaded advanced readers copies of or they've sent public like i said publishers will send digital copies it's sort of out of sight out of mind which right. is is not great but it's just a fact of life for me so yeah i think that i'm not ex- exactly sure what that looks like i was trying to think like do i do a spreadsheet do i handwrite like notes to myself in a notebook i have like there uh, there are different ways to do it but yeah uh, so that's one thing that about prioritizing or like strategizing how i read but the other thing is um as if you've listened to any episode you probably know i have several months out of the year that are pretty intense as far as reading goes you have to read a certain number of books by a deadline um and it's a lot it always ends up being about a book a day and at, at some point in that process um mostly because i really love christmas and so i like to enjoy christmas and then i just buckle down in january and as we approach our discussions and a friend of mine who Uh, has just left the committee because he had done his full four-year term. He was always really great about getting ahead of the nominations. So then he wouldn't have that sort of sprint to the finish of having to read so many books in preparation for the discussions. And so I'm going to try to do a little bit more of that, of paying attention to what other people talk about as far as what they are really liking or considering nominating and read those in advance of these shortened timeframes when yeah. um when you have to read them so and it's hard and it's I won't go too in the weeds on this but it's hard because you know a part of my personality is like oh but I want to read stuff that hasn't been nominated or potentially won't be nominated in case there's something really great out there you know we don't right. I don't want to miss I don't want to miss out on potentially finding a great title that we could include so it's a balance because you don't want to just spend all your time reading what other people are 
going to nominate or have nominated. And so, yeah, I just, again, I want to sort of strategize and prioritize the books that I really feel strongly like I, I should read in advance. So this year was the same as every other year where we got to January and I literally had a book a day or at one oh, it's at the beginning of January is more than a book a day to read prior to discussions. And, you know, there's a moment where I sit there and think, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get this done. I work a full-time job and, yeah. you know, I have a partner in my life that I want to hang out with and I don't yeah. want to necessarily just spend every second of my free time reading. So, um, so yeah, I just want to be a little bit more strategic and there are a lot of great books out there and I want to, I don't want to give anything short shrift. So yeah, those are kind I of my two that. main ones. I don't have any, um, Again, I have some titles in mind that I would like to read, but they're all like romantic comedies. <laughs> they're all romances. Um, I think we're going to be in that trend for a long I do think time so. based I do on think so. what's coming out this year. Yeah. But I, and so I'm pretty sure I'll get to those. I just started one last night, actually. So. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so let's go back to um, last year quickly and just make sure. Is there anything that you were hoping to have in your reading life last year that didn't happen? Um, yes, but some things that did, Hallie. Oh, good. And one of them is called War and Peace. I know. I know. <laughs> Let's start with the wins. I, that is a we? win. Yes, that's absolutely it's a, a big win. win. Um, I still haven't read the supplemental materials, of which there are a lot in my copy, so um, I'll get to those eventually. Mm -hmm. But the text itself is done, and it's great, and I loved it. Good. So, hooray. Yay. Happy. It shall never be brought up again on this podcast. <laughs> Just the positive that you did it, we yeah. can bring up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then I had had another goal to read um, the complete lists of, of favorite authors. Mm -hmm. And I had picked Tana French, Isaac Dinesen, Jane Austen, and Libba Bray. Uh -huh. And none of those happened. Um, and well, I you, knew you made a, an attempt at them, though. You read some of them. I did. Yeah, yeah. I did. And I, I had decided pretty early on that I wouldn't be able to, to do all four. And so I just decided I was going to do Jane Austen and Tana French and that I would reserve the other two for another year mm -hmm. or for, for next year. Um, just as the pandemic was was amping up in in March, I was like, nope, <laughs> this isn't this just isn't going to happen. Um, and then also the. Uh, one of the plans for that was to read annotated editions of Jane Austen and those can the, the copies that I have are really heavily annotated mm -hmm. it's it's much more intense than just the um like penguin copies that have footnotes so um so they're just it's it's like reading twice the book almost and so um they just took a lot longer to read um than I had given them them credit for so and it's kind of funny the the ones that I did read of both of those authors were all things I had already read so I read absolutely nothing new from either of them <laughs> so oh well. oh well so so my goal is to uh I don't know if this will happen but my goal is to finish Jane Austen and Tana French this year mm -hmm. and uh then do Isaac Danison and Libra Bray next year and then I already had had some ideas for authors that I wanted to get to after that and so um so I have some more in in the the wings but I I also just even though all of those authors have a fairly small um list mm -hmm. of of books it's still a lot if right. you're you know when you add them up and even though I read a ton of books each year it still is a chunk mm -hmm. and so I want to have a little bit more flexibility in in what I read and right. not be as beholden to that so um 
So with that in mind, one of my goals based on past discussions (laughs) is... So you know how I'm always saying, no, I haven't read that. (laughs) I hate that on on this podcast. It bothers me every time. I know that there is a wide array of of books that I have read that you have not read. But it does annoy me that there are many, many books of, um, you know, big titles that I just don't get to because I always think, well, I need to get to this other stuff first. And that's still going to be there. Mm -hmm. So I'm just I'm just going to get to it eventually. And then it it you know, there's always going to be a next big thing. Mm-hmm. And so um, so one of the goals I wrote down is to stay more on top of forthcoming fiction this year. And I even set a number for that. Oh, okay. Do tell. Uh, I, I put 70% 2021 re- releases. Wow. Okay. So that's that's the, the hope because, um, you know, I know about all these titles for, for work mm-hmm. and I, I can tell you, uh, you know, basic things about them, but I read very few um, at the time. And so I just, I'm just a, a little annoyed with myself on that. So that's my goal. Nice. Yeah. I like it. Hooray. <laughs> I support. And you can feel free to share any good forthcoming titles with me. If I, I will. Because that will help I me will. too. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my other thing that I've written down yes. is we always talk about our diversity goals each year and sort of where we fall on that and so um how did you feel like you did in the past year I didn't track it honestly that was another thing I was going to uh mention that I forgot about writing things down I uh completely stopped track I have a spreadsheet that I usually use but I just back in I don't know when it was spring summer I just got behind on entering things in there and then it was I got so far behind that it felt onerous to try to update it so I just didn't I just I just update Goodreads and then I write in my, I have like a paper planner and I write when I finish a book in the day when I finished it just to keep, so I can like look back through a planner through, you know, flip through the pages and kind of see, track what I've read that way. But uh, I honestly couldn't tell you, I don't, I don't feel like I did that well this year with diversity, but I don't feel like I did horribly. I think I could always do better. Um right. I don't honestly I'm sorry I don't know I don't know what my ratio would be at at this point that's okay because I have very specific numbers (laughs) okay do tell (laughs) um so I one of my goals for the last year that we talked about was to read more LGBT own voices Mm -hmm. books because I um I tend to read a decent amount of of titles that are uh, that feature protagonists who um you know and that's true of, of people of color mm-hmm. as well that that a white author will write about mm-hmm. a, a diverse character and so um that's always a, a higher skewed number so so i wanted to make sure that i was reading own voices books mm-hmm. so um i actually doubled the number of oh, lgbt wow. authors that i read which is still not saying a lot because it was only six percent in uh 2019 mm-hmm. and it was 12 percent this year um and that's kind of interesting to me because i I, I mean, I read fewer books this year, so mm-hmm. I don't know if you compared number of books that it would look as, as good, but, um, you know, percentages are, are fun. Right. So, um, but I also didn't do the mock prints group that I usually do oh, right. with my, my old grad school friends. Um, it just never got off the ground this year for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so that usually is a really big push for 
uh, you know, the, the prince is always a very diverse, um, or generally is a very diverse um, pool of books. Uh-huh. And so, um, so having read none of those, I was pretty proud of myself for, for keeping that diversity going and, and doing better. And so I read uh, 30% of the books I read this year were own voices. And um, that's actually what I've heard that that book riot uses as their standard for all the lists that their contributors submit. Mm-hmm. It has to be 30%. Own voices titles are always like I always want to do better right. on that. And so um, so I did 30% this year and I'm hoping to increase that this year. Um, or last year I did 30%. This year I want to do mm-hmm. uh, more than that. So so um, I think that as I don't know that I will suddenly reform my reading to to get 50 but I would like to chip away at that yeah and, and get get more um and another thing that I am I decided to do this year is um I want to read a classic from a black author uh at least one per month oh nice this year um because I've read almost none of them and mm-hmm. I don't know if that's because I was gone for my junior year of high school and that was suddenly the year that they decided to read diversely <laughs> um I kind of doubt it yeah but um, I've read like three that I could think of mm-hmm. maybe it, it's pretty pitiful and that's just uh, there's no reason for that so that's that's my goal this year and actually um, the book I'm going to talk about is what I'm reading this this week kind of fell easily into my lap with that so um, yeah I, I think it'll be great I, I'm I've loved every book that I've read that's been a, like a Harlem Renaissance classic mm-hmm. or um, a modern classic and so I I think it'll just be a great project. I like that. That's a good one. All right. So, and the only other thing I think we still need to cover is I know last year you talked about doing some reading challenges. So did you end up doing those? How did that go? I did them. Um, you know, I didn't finish any of them, <laughs> but I, I did, I did like write the stuff down in the prompts, which I think is just really satisfying for some reason. Uh-huh. I, I almost kind of don't care at all if I ever finish any of them. Uh-huh. Um, other than Modern Mrs. Darcy, because I feel like it, you have to actively try to not finish that one. <laughs> I don't but... even know what hers is this year, but yeah, I don't know if it was last year or the year before I looked at it and I was like, well, if you read at all, like you're yeah. going to be able to do this, which I think yeah. was the point of it. Like that, that right. uh, the point of their, their reading challenge that year, at least, was to help people just enjoy reading. So, right. uh, but right. yeah, it was like, it was very, very general that year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't think she's, I don't think she's slacking on how she does it. Yeah. I think she just has a different yeah. goal than yeah. what most other reading challenges do. So, um, but I still haven't finished tracking all of them. I, I got super, super far behind. And so um, so I've been slow, slowly doing that, which I think is really mm-hmm. um, like peaceful and calming to do. So um, so I'll still track all of them. I wrote them all in all the prompts in my journal and with different pens and stuff. So it's ah. pretty and I think it's really fun. So I'm totally fine if I don't um, make those. Although you created a... I um, did reading challenge for me last year and I have to see I I think you only gave me 12 titles I, don't, I can't remember now yeah so I don't know if we ever talked about this on the podcast but I I last year I don't know how it started I think it started with uh, my friend Shauna who Anne knows uh, I sort of jokingly said to her she said something about wanting to read 
basically expand out of her comfort zone. And so I said, well, I'll make you a reading challenge. I will create <laughs> categories for you to read throughout the year that are specific to you, Shauna, like to what I know you tend to like and, and dislike. So I did that. So I work with Shauna. And, um, and then a couple of other people in the office asked me to do it for them and then I posted it on Instagram and so several people uh, friends of mine uh, including you and uh, said hey would you do one for me and so I think that I think I gave people the option or not the option but I said how many categories do you want yeah um, so yeah I, it sounds that sounds right I think I gave you 12 maybe um, that seems like what I would have asked for it was either 10 or 12 but I think I probably would have said one a month yeah um, on that so um, so I'm not sure if I if I finished that um, because I haven't finished filling everything in, mm -hmm. but I but probably because it was only 12 and although maybe not because some of them were past um, book challenge yeah. or kinds of things. So I don't know. I'll have to check. But but it was super fun. I loved I loved like how you had thought about oh, good. my personality and stuff with it. Well, good. Well, it's funny. So that sparked. In fact, I this year for we have a blog that's our novelist. Uh, so novelist is where I work for all sorts of different things that we want to talk about. We have a blog. And based on the fact that last year I had done that for several people that I work with, that we did one this year that was our first ever novelist reading challenge. So maybe, and I'll, I'll share the link with you. Maybe you could put it in the show notes in case anyone yeah. else wants to do it. But it was 24 categories. It's kind of like two tiers and there's 12 categories. And then if you um, want to stop there that's fine and then or you can do 24 and it's it's all you know if you've ever seen a reading challenge or done a reading challenge you'll you'll be familiar with the ideas behind it you know it's now I don't remember offhand what they are but say read a short story collection by a woman or something like that would be one category mm -hmm. and then because novelist is a database that can help you find what to read in a few places I added little prompts to say or, or hints to say if you need help finding a book in this category, these these are the search terms you can use a novelist right. to find them. So that was fun uh, for me to create that. Like I've I had a good time putting that together. It's super cute. I when I saw because um, I, I go on novelist quite a bit just for my own personal interests <laughs> and um, and I saw that right at the top and I and I went <gasps> like that. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was really fun to do, and it's gotten actually a really good reception. I just was a uh, person who's in charge of our social media just shared today some stats of how it's doing on the blog, and it's it's doing oh, pretty good. well. Yeah, so that makes me happy. Lots of people are hopefully trying it. We said maybe we'll have maybe a mid year check in with people and see how far they've gotten, or at the end of the year maybe offer some prizes if people have finished it. So yeah. I don't know. I think that would. I'm always. I always suggest prizes. Anytime we're talking about anything at work, I'm like, can we give people prizes? <laughs> and it's not even that I'm super prize motivated. I just think it's fun. Like, can we yeah. attach a prize to this? So. Yeah. Oh, I just realized I got a prize for a reading challenge. Did you? Oh, it was a buying challenge, though. Oh, at the so bookshop my... in Nashville. Yeah, yeah. So my my bookstore, the bookshop. Um, did a, a book challenge this year where it was to buy a book based on that prompt and so there were 12 for the year and and it was really nice especially this year this is the first time they've done it it was really nice because it was such a scary year for small right. businesses and so to feel like there was something concrete to and, and I couldn't go into browse mm -hmm. and so to be like okay this is their 
this is the list that they put out that I can then order and they eventually went to um, pick up at the store but I could either order it through the website or I could go and pick it up and and just know that I was supporting them through that year in a in a small way and I know a lot of other people did the same thing and so it just was um it was kind of comforting to me to have that like ritual of okay this is the this is the prompt this this um month and what do I have in my head that that will fulfill that Mm -hmm. or what do they have on their list that sounds really interesting and um, a lot of the one, the books I, I bought were from people of color and that was really fun to kind of try to think what is something that expands my horizons and not just mm-hmm. is something that um, I can do very easily with this so and then oh they had one one month where it was um, buy a book uh, or read a book suggested by a friend and so they said we're going to we're going to make a list of favorites of friends of the shop and they picked me as a friend of the shop and i was i squealed so much it was so unseemly but i was very excited so that's awesome um, yeah so i want a tote bag that says um i can't remember exactly the the phrase but basically the this book challenge got me through 2020 (laughs) yeah so it was cute so oh it was very fun so i'm sorry i'm uh, have you are you planning on doing book challenges for this upcoming year? You were talking about last year, but are you Oh yeah, all the same ones oh, okay. that I've I've uh talked about the book riot and pop sugar and uh there are a couple on Litzy that I do. There's one um on Litzy that I'm doing. Last year it was reading Europe, which I tanked on. I read so American this this last year, I can't even believe it. And then this upcoming year is reading Asia, which I know I will tank on as well. But it's just, I just love filling it in. It's so much fun. It is. So, yeah. yeah. I do. I, yeah. I've fallen off the book challenge wagon uh, recently in the last few years, yeah. but I always did enjoy doing that. I'm sure I'll go back to it once I have yeah, a little bit more freedom again. in my reading. Freedom's right. not the right word because I have plenty of freedom, but I have to read within jo- those genres. So right. it doesn't feel quite as. I don't know why. Like, that feels like challenge enough to me, I guess. I don't know that yeah. I, I could. I guess I could do a challenge within those genres. I'm sure I could. But um... Well, and, and you have to read current stuff. Right, And right. so a lot of challenges are read a book before you were born. Right, and, right, and right. things like that. So, so that precludes lots of things. Well, hopefully it will be a good reading year for both of us. Um, I know I felt like I had a pretty pretty strong reading year as far as what I read. I read a lot of really good books in 2020. Um, so I'm hopeful that I just meet or exceed that this coming year. Um, and I hope the same for you, that you have a better reading year than you did yeah. last year. I feel, I feel January has been much better than, like my year to date <laughs> is much better than it was last year. Oh, great. So, great. So I feel hopeful. Awesome. All right, well, uh, we will be right back with what we're reading this week. Okay, and what are you reading this week? Um, so as I mentioned, my goal uh, that I had set at the beginning of the year was to read a classic from from a Black author every month. And so um, for a pro- professional commitment, I was asked to read the autobiography of Malcolm X as told to Alex Haley. Mm-hmm. And I was really stoked because it fit perfectly into this goal. Right. And so, um, so that's what I'm reading this week. And it's kind of an interesting experience because I, I have to preface it by saying some kind of dumb things about me, I mm-hmm. guess. So um, I grew up thinking 
of Malcolm X as being a dangerous kind of scary person mm-hmm. and there's no nothing to base that on other than I had zero knowledge but when I was a preteen the uh, Spike Lee movie about him came out mm-hmm. and I remember that being a really big deal mm-hmm. and that a lot of people were concerned about it and sort of that uh, rise of black directed films mm-hmm. in the early 90s and so um, looking back on that that was a really weird time for race relations mm-hmm. in the U.S. Um, just a lot of weird stuff mm-hmm. happened and so um even though I grew up in a, in a pretty politically liberal household, I belong to a conservative religious tradition. And so I know an awful lot of people that um, are, are kind people, but I think are pretty misguided in how they view uh, the social fabric of our country. Mm-hmm. And so I knew people who did things like, um, I remember someone boycotted a movie theater because they were showing Boys in the Hood oh, wow. and just just wouldn't go to it at all. So that kind of thing. So based on that, uh, you know, it wasn't as though my family was saying, oh, they're right or anything. It just kind of wasn't something that we talked about mm-hmm. a lot. So, so just having that impression and not being old enough to really understand any of that at the time, um, it, it just kind of had this this lasting effect on my brain mm-hmm. where I, I it wasn't something I actively thought but I that was my impression and it's just ridiculous like it's <laughs> it's not a true thing right so he definitely was a provocative person and he was um uh more outspoken than than I think many people are comfortable with but but he wasn't a bad person at all and so I felt pretty embarrassed by that when I when I sort of articulated that in my head um as I started reading this book that I that that was my um uh kind of underlying impression so um so anyway so it's been a really fun reading experience so I won't I won't go into too much detail of his life also because I'm only halfway through so I can't tell you everything that happens Mm -hmm. so he was born in Michigan and um eventually moves to Boston to uh, live with his sister and while he's in Boston um Malcolm X gets involved with um kind of a fast lifestyle and so he he is dating white women who are are sort of intrigued by him and he goes dancing all the time and he his ultimate goal is to move to Harlem and he he sees this as just this this uh, mecca for him and so um eventually he gets there and he starts a a hustle of breaking into uh, houses of wealthy white families mm-hmm. and um, due to that he goes to prison and while he's there his um, all of his siblings get involved in the nation of Islam mm-hmm. and they write to him and tell him you should really look into this and so um, he had dropped out of school when he was in eighth grade and while he's in in prison he starts really educating himself and reading all these texts and and just it becomes a voracious reader and really starts to formulate his ideas of, of the racial injustice that um, that has existed in this country. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just really fascinating to, to sort of uh, see how he evolves as a, as a person. He's obviously telling the story in hindsight and the way he he is writing it, it's it's very much um, like an oral history kind of thing where he's he's kind of anecdotally telling things, but it's fascinating to see where he um you know the things that he regrets the things that he's changed his outlook on and as he talks about these things 
um, where he stands in his life now. So, um, so I'm really enjoying it. it. It's, it's definitely not a book that I ever would have thought that I would actively pick up, mm-hmm. but it has, um, it's just so reflective of the way we're talking now in, in how the history of, of black people in this country and the way that they've been just the, the, the way the system has actively worked against them. He's, he's saying all of these things that we're talking about as a nation, uh, in, 1965 mm-hmm. when he wrote this book and so um so it's just it's it's very timely and very uh needed in my uh reading vocabulary so that is the autobiography of malcolm x as told to alex haley that's what i read back when i was in high school and uh i could i could use a refresher because i don't really remember much at all about his life or uh that book so that would be a good one yeah. at some point to get back to yeah you you had a better high school experience <laughs> apparently than i did yeah, I think it was, I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming an English class, but I, I suppose it could have been, I don't know, some other like social studies or something, maybe history. Yeah. yeah something. Uh, I guess you don't do social studies in high school. History, I guess. <laughs> Whatever they call Whatever it. Whatever they call it when you're we, in high school. We had civics at one point. Yeah, civics. Too. That's what I was, that's the other one I was thinking. We did civics. Anyway, this is riveting conversation for our listeners. <laughs> Uh, okay, so what I am reading, or no, I actually finished this last night as I was falling asleep in bed, um, was The Wife Upstairs by Rachel Hawkins, uh, which oh. just came out, I believe, or is, I'm reading it out in my Kindle, so I'm not exactly sure. I think it came out in January, or it's about to come out, and it's a modern take on Jane Eyre, basically. Uh it's about a woman who uh, is named Jane, uh, Jane Bell, and she is living in Birmingham, Alabama, kind of like a seedy part of Birmingham, in an apartment that's kind of run down with a roommate that she doesn't really like um, and making ends meet by being a dog walker. And she primarily walks dogs in this very fancy neighborhood called Thornfield Estates. It was she got one client and then they referred her her to friends of theirs and you know it's kind of snowballed so now she's able to to modestly support herself by walking dogs in this neighborhood and she kind of rolls her eyes at the wealth that these people have but you can also tell that she is intrigued by that lifestyle and maybe wants to insinuate herself into that lifestyle uh, she makes references to the fact that there's some sort of secret in her past uh, that she doesn't want coming out. There, Somebody is, has called her apartment looking for her and spoken to her roommate, and she seems to be avoiding that person. So it's clear that she is not um, maybe who she is saying she is, or she certainly has, has something in her past that she doesn't want revealed. And she also, you, it becomes clear that Jane isn't really her name, but she, you don't know what her name is, but her real name is not Jane. So one day she meets one of the residents of Thornfield Estates. His name is Eddie Rochester. And his wife disappeared not too long before, a uh, few months, I believe, along with her best friend. So his wife's name was B, and she was very beautiful and glamorous. She was very, very wealthy. She had built up a business basically all on her own called Southern Manors and it manners being M-A-N-O-R-S and it sold housewares and clothing and things like that became very, very successful. Uh, So she's worth like hundreds of millions of dollars. 
and uh, or was worth. But she, she she and her friend Blanche went to their lake to Bee's lake house one weekend and disappeared. And the assumption is they they found a a boat kind of floating in the middle of the lake. The assumption is that they had gone out, maybe had too much to drink, gone out in the middle of the lake and drowned. So Eddie is grieving for his lost wife, uh, but also seems interested in Jane and talking to Jane and and spending time with her. And so they start dating. And as the story is moving forward, they are, you know, becoming more serious. And then uh, he actually he ends up proposing to her. So Jane is happy about this she also feels like she maybe can never (laughs) live up to b's memory but she is happy happy is not quite quite the right word i think she feels smug about being able to have pulled off this con if you will (laughs) it's not really a con but you know she's definitely risen in the ranks from the dog walker to suddenly being at parties with these people who used to pay her to walk their dogs and uh she's part of the neighborhood association to beautify the the neighborhood and things like that um but every once in a while she does get a flash of eddie maybe being annoyed or irritated or angry with her that doesn't seem to match his generally kind of charming suave personality so she has it's clear that maybe like love isn't really (laughs) what is bringing these two people together it might be him sort of trying to find somebody after his wife has gone missing um there are hints that maybe he had something to do with his wife going missing the big hint is which i've saved this reveal to the end is that his wife is actually locked in a panic room in their house (gasps) and you know this as the reader from fairly early on in the story uh, that she he comes he brings her food and water and uh books to read every few days and but she is locked up in the room that's such a good i know oh. i know so um so i think i'll leave it there it was one more thing i was gonna say but i think i'm just gonna leave it there because i don't want to reveal too much it was yeah. it was super fun uh, brain candy, I think is how I referred to it earlier in this episode. It was not the best thriller I have ever read. <laughs> it was the ending is kind of wackadoo. <laughs> but <laughs> it is, there are lots of twists and turns that are super fun to read. It definitely kept me engaged in turning the pages. Um, it's totally why I read thrillers. It's like implausible, but fun to be looking into this crazy world for a little while and like seeing how it all plays out um and you know there's sort of a little bit of a mystery like well what happened to her best friend if she is locked in this panic room and you know who did what and um what's jane's secret from the past and what's her real name so there's a lot there that that gets untangled as you're reading that that's fun and then just a little bit of it's we've talked before I love reading about dysfunctional families I also love reading about super rich people and this is a whole cast of characters that are super rich so that it was it was a fun read I would definitely say if you are looking for something fast-paced and kind of light as far as ease of reading it this this would fit the bill for sure and it's fun I mean the the Jane Eyre stuff is pretty fun too because 
I mean, it's basically got a lot, all the elements of, of Jane Eyre, where there's a wife locked away, and um, yeah. you know, she's she's a not a what's it, not a nanny. What is it in Jane Eyre? Why can't I think of the word? Oh, governess. Governess. Thank you. I was like, yeah. it's not called a nanny back then, but governess. In <laughs> uh, this one, she's a dog walker. So it was fun. Yeah. It's it's again, it's called The Wife Upstairs by Rachel Hawkins. It feels a little, a little like a tinge of Rebecca. Too, yes, I do think it? there's a little bit of Rebecca in there too, for sure. Um, but to me, I'm more familiar with Jane Eyre. I've read it multiple times. I've read Rebecca only once. Uh, so to me, I was picking up a lot of on a lot of the Jane Eyre things. But uh, yeah. but yes, I do think I was looking at Goodreads today because I went and marked it that I had read it, um, and I did see several people saying this is like a mashup of Jane Eyre and Rebecca in modern day. So. Fun. It was fun. It was a good time. <gasps> All right. Well, I don't think we need to list off anything because we only talked about two books, so we just talked about them yeah. at the very end. But uh, I hope you all enjoyed listening to what we had to say about our 2020 reading years and looking forward to our 2021 reading year. We will obviously keep you posted as the, the year goes on. You'll be right along with us <laughs> hearing about what we're reading. <laughs> And I'm super excited about our next episode. Do we want to tease what our next topic is, Anne? Oh, sure. That's your idea. So it's going to be posted right before Valentine's Day. So we are doing an episode on... Galentine's Day. Yeah, Galentine's Day. All about female friendship, which I'm excited about. So if you have an idea of other topics or suggestions of stuff you'd like us to talk about, um, you can email us at wellreadpod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Well Read Podcast. Please rate and review us on whatever app you use to listen to your podcast. It really helps other people find the show. Our theme music is Kitten by Poddington Bear. We keep our show notes at wellreadpodcast.wordpress.com, where you can find a listing of every book we talked about in this episode and also puts those right in the show notes that you could see in your app if that's easier for you. Thank you all for listening and happy reading.